Latin America is consistently one of the most progressive regions of the world and often a voice for anti-imperialism, condemning the aggressive interventionist policies of the United States and its allies. And when it comes to the war that Israel is waging against the Palestinian people in Gaza, many Latin American governments have been outspoken in their condemnation, accusing Israel of genocide and crimes against humanity, and several governments in Latin America have even formally broke off diplomatic relations with Israel. Today, I'm going to be looking at the different political responses of governments in Latin America. The Bolivian government officially ended all diplomatic relations with Israel while having diplomatic relations with Palestine, recognizing Palestine as a state. Furthermore, Cuba and Venezuela do not have diplomatic relations with Israel, have accused Israel of genocide and also recognize Palestine. Furthermore, Brazil's President Lula da Silva accused Israel of waging genocide and said that it did not have to kill thousands of children if it's supposedly defending itself. Nicaragua's Sandinista government condemned Israeli attacks on hospitals in Gaza and said that Israel continues to deny Palestinians their human rights. Furthermore, Colombia's left-wing president, Gustavo Petro, accused Israel of genocide and said Colombia does not support genocide and therefore he withdrew Colombia's ambassador in Israel in protest. Honduras's left-wing government has also withdrawn its ambassador from Israel in protest and accused Israel of war crimes in Gaza. And finally, the Bolivarian alliance known as the ALBA, which includes Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Bolivia as members, accused Israel of crimes against humanity and stressed that the violence in Gaza is a product of decades of illegal Israeli occupation of Palestinian land and colonialism. Now, while the government of the United States is strongly supporting Israel as it commits war crimes in Gaza, I should point out that the people of the United States have been holding mass protests all across the country. And in fact, on the 4th of November, there was an absolutely historic march. It was the largest protest in U.S. history in support of Palestinian human rights. And I just want to play this clip from the Answer Coalition that helped to organize the protest and ANSWER stands for Act Now to Stop War and End Racism. And you can see this, it was absolutely incredible to see 300,000 people in the U.S. Capitol, Washington, D.C., marched, and they said in their words, to demand an end to Biden and Israel's genocide against Gaza and demand freedom for Palestine. Now, before I look at the individual statements, I want to provide some of the latest information because the conflict continues to get worse and worse. Israel continues to kill thousands of Palestinian civilians. As of the 5th of November, the death toll in Gaza was around 10,000 Palestinians killed, including more than 4,000 Palestinian children killed by Israel. Of course, that means that around two-fifths, around 40% of those killed by Israel are children, and the majority are civilians. Now, those are the statistics that come from the Palestinian Health Ministry in Gaza, and these are the numbers that are used by the United Nations, 
by mainstream media outlets in the West, by human rights organizations. And I have a separate video in which I looked at how the White House's, the Biden administration's attempt to dispute the veracity of those statistics is completely absurd and hypocritical given that the State Department itself relies on those statistics because they have a long history of being accurate. And in fact, ironically, the death toll from the Gaza Health Ministry may be very conservative because an Israeli official told the newspaper Yediyoth Aranhoth, an Israeli newspaper, that the Israeli military has killed 20,000 people in Gaza. That was reported by this mainstream Israeli newspaper. That is double the death toll from the Gaza Health Ministry. So... In this case, an Israeli official is boasting of killing tens of thousands of Palestinians. In fact, on the 2nd of November, the United Nations website published a, an alarming press release titled, Gaza is running out of time, UN experts warn, demanding a ceasefire to prevent genocide. And they said, time is running out to prevent genocide and humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza, UN experts warned expressing deep frustration with Israel's refusal to halt plans to decimate the besieged Gaza Strip. Quote, We remain convinced that the Palestinian people are at grave risk of genocide, the expert said. The time for action is now. Israel's allies also bear responsibility and must act now to prevent its disastrous course of action. Of course, when they say Israel's allies, they're really referring to the United States and some European nations that are directly facilitating Israel's war crimes in Gaza. The U.S. is not only politically and diplomatically supporting Israel and blocking calls for ceasefires at the U.N. Security Council, but furthermore, the U.S. is giving billions of dollars of weapons and military assistance to Israel as it carries out these war crimes. And the United Nations experts said that they're in, they're expressing deep horror about Israel's airstrikes against refugee camps like the Al-Jabaliya refugee camp, which killed and injured hundreds of Palestinian civilians, and they called this a brazen breach of international law. And by the way, the United Nations reported on the 6th of November that Israel has killed 88 UN staff members in Gaza in less than a month just under a month of brutal bombing. And that is the highest death toll ever for UN staff recorded in a single conflict. So that means that Israel is the world's leader in killing United Nations staff. And the Israeli government has openly condemned the UN and says it does not recognize the legitimacy of the UN. I mean, this is a complete rogue state. And of course, it's being supported by the US, which is holding the UN hostage and preventing the UN from taking any action in the international stage. Furthermore, the international humanitarian group Save the Children also reported that Israel has killed more children in Gaza than any other conflict since 2019. So that means that Israel is the world's leader, not only in killing UN staff, but Israel is also the world's leader in killing children. Meanwhile, Israeli officials are becoming even more extreme and genocidal in their rhetoric. Top Israeli officials have already referred to Palestinians as so-called human animals, and the Israeli president, Isaac Herzog, 
said very clearly that there are no civilians in Gaza, making it clear that Israel considers children and women and elderly people legitimate targets to kill in its bombing. Well, furthermore, a top Israeli official, a minister in the government, even suggested that Israel should drop nuclear bombs on Gaza. And this is an article in the Times of Israel, a completely mainstream Israeli newspaper close to the Israeli government, titled, Far-right minister, nuking Gaza is an option. Population should go to Ireland or deserts. It's I don't know why he said Ireland, but this is a call for genocide and for ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. And this article in a mainstream Israeli newspaper pointed out that this far-right minister, they refer to him, his party as far-right, his name is Amikai Eliyahu, he is the Minister of Heritage in Israel, and they refer to his political party, Otsma Yehudit, as an extremist far-right party. So these are people who are top officials in the Israeli government. Meanwhile, the international humanitarian organization Doctors Without Borders has warned that Israel is targeting hospitals and health infrastructure in Gaza. They, they're a doctor at the main hospital, the biggest and most important hospital in Gaza, Al-Shifa, said, quote, We were standing inside the hospital gate when the ambulance was directly hit in front of us. And he said, many people were killed immediately as we rushed people to the emergency room. The deadly attack outside the gate of Ashifa Hospital impacting an ambulance is horrendous, they said. This is a lethal attack outside Gaza's main and busiest hospital where our staff work daily to provide life-saving medical care. We have repeatedly called for an immediate and total ceasefire. This is a new low in an endless stream of unconscionable violence. The repeated strikes on hospitals, ambulances, densely populated areas, and refugee camps are disgraceful. How many people have to die before world leaders wake up and call for a ceasefire? Now, I should point out that world leaders have been very loudly calling for a ceasefire. There is one problem standing in the way. The United States has been unilaterally vetoing every single call for a ceasefire or a humanitarian pause or a truce at the UN Security Council. I have a separate video about that I will link to in the description below, showing how it is the United States that is preventing peace in Gaza and holding the United Nations hostage and other international organizations hostage and facilitating Israel's genocidal atrocities. And Europe is complicit in this as well, by the way. Not only have some European governments vetoed and voted against calls in the UN Security Council for humanitarian ceasefire, but furthermore, the main newspaper in Spain, El Mundo, reported that there are now European mercenaries that are helping Israel carry out its war and war crimes in Gaza. Uh, El Mundo reported that a Spanish mercenary who previously fought in Ukraine and helped NATO fight this proxy war against Russia is now involved in Israel's invasion and attack on Gaza. And according to this report, this Spanish mercenary is paid 3,900 euros per week, more than 4,000 US dollars per week to help Israel in this ethnic cleansing campaign targeting Gaza. Now, I want to look at some of the diplomatic statements and action by governments in Latin America that show how this region of the world is really helping 
to, to take the lead. It's really in the vanguard of opposing imperialism and supporting the Palestinian national liberation struggle against Israeli colonialism. And it's very easy to explain which are the governments that are supporting Palestine. They're all the left-wing governments, which are the majority of the governments in the region, and the right-wing conservative governments in Latin America, which all basically worship the United States. They all obediently follow orders from Washington. They're the governments that are supporting Israel. So, for instance, the right-wing regimes in Guatemala and El Salvador and Paraguay and Uruguay, they're supporting Israel, whereas basically all the other governments in the region are left-wing, and they are supporting Palestinian human rights. I'm going to start by looking at a diplomatic statement from the Bolivian Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And this was announced on the 30th of October that Bolivia was formally cutting off diplomatic relations with Israel. And the leftist government in Bolivia said that they made this decision in condemnation of the aggressive and disproportionate military offensive that is being carried out in the Gaza Strip and the threat to peace and international security that it poses. The statement noted that Bolivia's president, Luis Arce, who is a leftist, he met with the ambassador of Palestine. And like many countries, like, like most countries in Latin America, Bolivia formally recognized Palestine as a state. And in this meeting, the Bolivian president expressed his solidarity for the suffering of the Palestinian people, especially children who have the right to live in peace, rejecting the war crimes committed in the Gaza Strip. Then there were the comments made by the president Lula da Silva of Brazil, which is the largest country in Latin America. And he said that this is a genocide. And these were comments on the 25th of October. Lula said that it is not, a, I'm quoting here, it is not a war, but rather a genocide that has ended the life of more than 2,000 children. That was back on the 25th of October. As of the 5th of November, that figure has doubled to Israel has now killed more than 4,000 Palestinian children. And Lula added that Israel does not have to kill innocent people because Hamas attacked it. In a similar vein, the leftist government in Honduras announced that it formally withdrew its ambassador from Israel in protest. And Honduras also accused Israel of committing war crimes in Gaza. Then Colombia's first ever left-wing president, Gustavo Petro, also announced that he has withdrawn Colombia's ambassador from Israel. And he said, quote, if Israel does not stop the massacre of the Palestinian people, we cannot be there. In response to this decision, Israel absurdly accused Colombia of supporting so-called terrorism. And in response, Gustavo Petro, the president, said, quote, Colombia does not support genocide. And then in another tweet, the Colombian president showed a photo of many of the Palestinians who have been killed by Israel. And he said, this is called genocide. It is done to take the Palestinian people out of Gaza and to take it over. And then he added that the head of state, that is Israel's prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, the head of state that does this genocide is a crime, is a criminal against humanity. And then he added that Israel's allies cannot talk about democracy. So obviously this is a message to the United States. 
which constantly lectures countries about so-called democracy. He's saying that Netanyahu is a war criminal guilty of crimes against humanity. He's committing genocide. He's trying to take over Gaza and to take out all of the Palestinians, ethnically cleanse Gaza, and Israel wants to colonize Gaza and keep it. And he said, any of these Western governments lecturing people about democracy are completely hypocritical. Now, for people who are interested, I have a separate video specifically looking at the statements by Colombia's president, Gustavo Petro, its first ever left-wing president. I think he has made some of the most incredible, powerful statements. In particular, he said that what Israel is doing to Gaza is the plan that essentially Western imperialist countries have for the entire global South, especially as climate change destroys the environment and there are more and more natural disasters and shortages of water. This is going to cause mass migration of refugees and immigrants. And he's pointed out that Israel's plans, the exterminatious genocidal plans for Palestinians is what other Western capitalist countries are going to do to try to maintain their unequal lifestyle, their extreme wealth, which is built on the exploitation of workers in the global south. Again, I will link to that video in the description below. He made very powerful statements. But the point I want to stress is that Colombia for decades was a loyal U.S. ally, one of the most obedient U.S. allies in Latin America. In fact, Venezuela's revolutionary leftist president, Hugo Chavez, famously referred to Colombia as the so-called Israel of Latin America, arguing that just as Israel is an extension of U.S. imperialism serving as a U.S. military base, essentially, to help control the region that, that has the most hydrocarbons in the world, the largest oil and gas reserves in the entire world. Well, just as Israel plays that role for the U.S. empire in West Asia, the so-called Middle East, Colombia similarly played that role for the U.S. empire in Latin America. But now we've seen a complete 180 shift. And now that the people of Colombia have elected their first ever left-wing president, Gustavo Petro, he has strongly been supporting Palestine and even withdrew Colombia's ambassador from Israel in protest. Now I'm also going to look at the statements made by Cuba. Cuba's revolutionary government does not have diplomatic relations with the Israeli apartheid regime and has not for decades. Cuba has always been one of the world's strongest supporters of the Palestinian national liberation struggle. And Cuba's foreign minister, Bruno Rodriguez, he said, I'm reading an exact quote here, the Israeli military keeps committing war crimes in Gaza. We reject the criminal bombing of a refugee camp, that's Al-Maghazi, and the attack against ambulances where dozens of civilians were killed or wounded. And the Cuban foreign minister said that the UN Security Council must stop this genocide. But of course, so, so important point, Cuba is formally accusing Israel of genocide. But furthermore, this is what I was getting at earlier. The U.S. is holding the world hostage, holding the United Nations hostage, and the United States has repeatedly vetoed the calls for a ceasefire in the U.N. Security Council. Now let's look at the Nicaraguan government's position. The Sandinista government in Nicaragua has strongly supported Palestine for decades, going back to the Sandinista Revolution in 1979, in which Palestinian revolutionaries helped support the Sandinistas and then 
After the revolution overthrew a U.S.-backed right-wing dictator in 1979, the Nicaraguan revolutionary government also supported Palestinian resistance forces. And the government of Nicaragua it published a statement condemning Israel's attacks on hospitals in Gaza and said that they energetically condemn with deep pain and a heart of solidarity. And they referred to these attacks on hospitals by Israel in Gaza as barbarism. And the Nicaraguan government called for immediate peace, saying no more war, no more pain, yes to justice and peace. Right-wing opposition media outlets from Nicaragua, like the newspaper Confidencial, which is a propaganda outlet funded by the U.S. government to spread propaganda, they constantly spread fake news and disinformation, and they published a ridiculous article attacking Nicaragua's president, Daniel Ortega, um, saying that he refused to con condemn the so-called terror attacks against Israel. And um, of course, this is always the propaganda that they say. But amid all the propaganda and fake news, the article did point out one correct fact, which is that the leftist governments in Nicaragua, Cuba and Venezuela refuse to condemn the Palestinian attacks on Israel and have all condemned the Israeli apartheid regime. And the Nicaraguan government said that it is, quote, always in solidarity with the Palestinian cause, always brotherly, always close. Now, when you consider the internal domestic political situation in many countries in Latin America and the growing influence of evangelical Christians, which are largely pro-Israel, these are very important and very powerful statements because it shows that some of these political movements and governments are willing to, you know, potentially alienate some of their evangelical supporters for the greater good of supporting Palestinian national liberations out of principle, out of morality, because they, re they reject Israeli colonialism and support Palestinian human rights. And especially in countries like, for instance, Nicaragua, there are a lot of evangelicals, and many of them actually support the Sandinistas. In Brazil as well, there are many evangelicals, and there's a mix politically. Some of them are very right-wing and supported the far-right former president, Jair Bolsonaro, who was very pro-US and pro-Israel. But some of them, some of the evangelicals were also an important base of support for Lula and the Workers' Party. And also in Venezuela, there is a growing number of evangelicals, and yet the Venezuelan government has been steadfast, strongly supporting Palestine. So, of course, evangelicals in the United States are overwhelmingly very right-wing, but there's also a big class difference, right? Because in Latin America, there are many poor working class evangelicals, and they tend to be more left-wing. Whereas, of course, in places like Brazil, there are a lot of very right-wing conservative evangelicals who tend to be very wealthy and, and privileged compared to the poor working class evangelicals. And we can see this tangible support for Palestine in Venezuela, where on the 4th of November, there was a massive protest in the capital, Caracas, in support of Palestine, just like the huge protest in Washington, D.C., in the United States, in support of Palestine. And I'm showing video here from the Venezuelan journalist, friend of the show, Orlenis Ortiz. And it was just a massive protest with but likely over 100,000 people in the Venezuelan capital condemning Israel's genocide.
And of course, the Venezuelan government has been very strong in supporting Palestine. This goes back to the Bolivarian Revolution that was initiated by Hugo Chavez and his successor, President Nicolas Maduro, condemned Israel for committing genocide. He used the term genocide. And I'm reading here from a statement made by President Maduro. He said, quote, the genocide has begun against the Palestinian people in Gaza. He said, quote, we have witnessed in the past massacres and brutal atrocities against the Palestinian people. He condemned Israel's apartheid system against Palestinians, and he called for an immediate ceasefire and negotiations to allow the Palestinian people to regain their legitimate rights to independence, land, and peace. And he said, quote, I stand with the Palestinian people and I stand for peace. Now, meanwhile, the position of the right-wing opposition in Venezuela, which is entirely controlled by the United States, is the exact opposite. The Venezuelan right-wing opposition has always strongly supported Israel. And in fact, in 2019, when the Donald Trump administration started its coup attempt against Venezuela and appointed this puppet Juan Guaido as the so-called interim president of Venezuela, despite the fact that he never participated in a presidential election. Well, after that, Israel formally recognized this U.S. puppet Guaido as the fake so-called president of Venezuela. And in return, Guaido announced that he was working on restoring diplomatic relations in scare quotes between Venezuela and Israel. He recognized Israel claiming to falsely be the real legitimate Venezuelan government president. Of course, he never was for a second. And of course, the reason that Guaido is doing that is because Venezuela does not have formal diplomatic relations with the Israeli apartheid regime. In fact, the legendary revolutionary president Hugo Chavez formally broke off diplomatic relations with Israel in 2009 in response to Israel's massacre in Gaza in late 2008 and early 2009. And Chavez made some of the most powerful statements about Israel. He said, quote, the Israeli government has become the murderer arm of the U.S. empire, a threat to people struggling for their freedoms. And Chavez said the genocidal state of Israel will be put in place and hopefully a democratic state will be born. And Chavez said, quote, we have a common enemy the U.S. empire, and the genocidal state of Israel. We share the goal to carry out a socialist revolution, putting ahead the interests of our people. In other statements, Hugo Chavez said, the state of Israel is the assassin arm of the Yankee empire. And he also referred to Colombia as the Israel of Latin America. And he said, in Latin America, when the conquerors arrived in the 15th century, there were around 90 million aboriginals living in the region. After 200 years, 5 million remained. In addition to that, we have to add the African genocide. It is estimated that 20 million Africans died. He's talking about the, the cross the transatlantic slave trade by the European colonial powers. And he said, this was a genocide, a European genocide. It was a Holocaust. And he, he continued in many other speeches, Hugo Chavez said, Israel is the assassin arm of the government of the United States. It is the fist of the U.S. empire, he said. And there are so many other statements. But this shows how in Latin America, 
the leftist forces have really been at the vanguard for decades of the international struggle against imperialism, against capitalism, against neo-colonialism. And that's why so many of these leftist governments in Latin America, they have condemned Israel for committing genocide and war crimes, and they have supported the Palestinian national liberation struggle against colonialism. And importantly, they recognize that Israel is an extension of U.S. imperialism. Netanyahu himself is a North American. He went to school. He went to. He was raised in the United States. He went to high school in Pennsylvania, outside Philadelphia. He went to college at, at MIT. He worked in Boston. He became friends with Republicans like Donald Trump and Mitt Romney. Israel is an extension of the U.S. empire. The U.S. government gives Israel $3.8 billion every single year regardless of what's happening. And now the Biden administration is giving Israel billions of dollars more, helping it carry out these war crimes. The U.S. military has sent troops and warships off of the coast of Israel to help support it in the to, to carry out these war crimes and protect Israel in case there is a, a broader regional conflict. And at the United Nations, the U.S. is holding the world hostage by using its veto power to protect Israel while well, it commits genocide. So Israel is an extension of the U.S. empire, and that's why these leftist forces in Latin America that oppose U.S. imperialism, they also support the Palestinian national liberation struggle as part of a common struggle, a worldwide struggle against imperialism. With that, I'm going to conclude here. I'm Ben Norton. This is Geopolitical Economy Report. I'm going to continue my regular reporting on this horrific war that is going on. If you like the work that we do, please subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to our channel to help promote it in the algorithm. And if you prefer listening to the, this analysis, we have a podcast. If you just look up the Geopolitical Economy Report podcast. I want to thank everyone. I'll be back very soon. I'll see you next time.